Sarah. I'm Shruti. And I'm Grace. And we are the Book Hoes. Today, we are going to be discussing our November slash December group read, which is These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. Um, If you've read along with us, then you'll be able to listen to it. Um, If you haven't read it yet, we will give spoiler warnings once we get into spoiler territory. So you'll still be able to listen to the beginning of this episode, especially because first we're going to be talking about our reactions to just briefly talking about what we think of the Goodreads Choice Awards winners and also what we've been reading these past couple of weeks. We've been on bi-weekly episodes recently. So uh, some of us will have more books than normal. Others, I'm not saying who, um, may not. But anyway, um, (laughs) Grace, what have you been reading these past few weeks? So I am someone who has more books than normal. And the reason why is, as I have referred to several times over the past couple of months, I had to take a class this semester and I had to read um, 20 young adult books for that class. So I think last time we recorded, I still had five left to read. And I am here to report that I I did read those five and I did read all 20 of the books I was supposed to read. I didn't lie, not even once. Wow. I did one. I know. I was, it was, That's it was crazy. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either actually, but, um, this is my first time. Uh, it was, it was something I did lie a little bit because we had to like write a, you know, like a thing at the end. And some of these books I, that I read, I didn't like, like we've talked about, I've talked about the ones that I didn't like in the episode. Like one of them was, um, the house in the cerulean sea which i didn't not like but i also did not like and so i i just kind of lied and didn't mention that i didn't like parts of it and so i did that with several books but it's okay anyway what we're actually here to talk about is what i read so what i read was number one um you're gonna start to notice a theme number one is american born chinese by jean luen yang it is a graphic novel and it's pretty famous I think it's won several awards and it was really good um it's about there's three different stories in one one of the stories is like a standard like this this kid was born in San Francisco he's Chinese he moves to another town I think and he's the only Chinese kid at his school um and then another story is like this like fable of like this monkey king but and he's like a god but all the other gods don't like him and think he's dumb because he's just a monkey And then there's this other story about this white kid in America and his cousin um, is Chinese and it's like this huge Chinese stereotype and he comes to live with him for like a bit and go to his school and like he's embarrassed by the Chinese friend and he thinks that everyone else like thinks he's weird but he's really just projecting. And I will not say how it ends because I guess that would be kind of given away but it was really good. It was really good and... That's all I'll say. It was good. Moving on to my next book. My next book was March Book Three by John Lewis. This was also a graphic novel. Um, and you may be asking, wow, book three, how were books one and two? I don't know. I didn't read those. <laughs> I did read book three and it was, it's, uh, yeah, it's a trilogy. This is the last one. It's by John Lewis is a, um, he was a civil rights person and he's a congressman now. Um, I might have said that he was a senator in the the thing that I turned in, but I got a 100 on that. So (laughs) who cares? Um, And it is like 
depicting the the book is depicting the 60s civil rights movement and part of it and and then that includes like the march on selma and then um the baltimore church african-american church that got um bombed um and it was also really good it the way it was styled is that it was it looked like it was handwritten like the words were handwritten and like the panels and lines were hand drawn i don't know if that really cool it was i don't know if that's actually um how they did it but that's how it looked so it makes it look like it really is like you know obviously this stuff is based on real history but the fact that it's like really hand drawn makes it even feel more real and there was a lot of stuff in here that i had never heard about in my life um which made me feel kind of stupid but also I feel like we weren't taught it in school and I was like I can't believe like people did this and got away with it um so I will probably go back and read the first two because it was very well written very well drawn and very well formatted and told in a story so I really recommend that one the next one is um this is how you know this is a book you can tell I read for class it's fruits basket Volume one by Natsuki Takaya. And it sounds is, familiar. Why does it sound familiar? It is a manga and there's also oh. an anime for it. Um, oh, it's the anime. It's the anime. I have actually seen a couple of episodes of the anime. My friends put it on one time when we were on vacation and I was pretty tipsy. Um, <laughs> so I don't really remember anything that happened. But I did read this. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It took me a really long time to figure out how to read it because mangas you read back to front mm. and then front to back like the the format of the book because you know in Japanese you read left, right to left instead of left to right da, da, da. Um, and I know that I knew that but I still had trouble and I really read I really started it and I was like what in the hell is happening why would they start the book in the middle like this is this like a preview a really long preview for another book and then I realized I was reading the last chapter. Um, it was all right. It was kind of cute. Uh, it reminded me a lot of a fan fiction I would have read when I was 11. But um, it was cute. Uh, there's animals. And the plot is basically the girl is homeless because her parents tragically died. And she's going to live with like her grandpa or something. But her grandpa is like, actually, our ho- my house is getting renovated. <laughs> Can you live somewhere else like with a friend or something? And she's like, oh, but my friend has so many siblings and I can't impose. So the only logical conclusion is I should just be homeless and live in a tent in this random area. And so that's what she does. And then the random area is owned by these, like this group of this family and they find her and there's like two young boys around her age in the family. So there's like a love triangle thing. And um, it turns out that they are members of like the Chinese Zodiac or whatever. And if they, if she, um, if a member of the opposite sex hugs them, then they turn into the animals. And so of course that happens. And um, yeah, that's, that's the plot of that. Interesting. It was something I read. It sure was. It wasn't, <laughs> I really didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. Um, yeah. Next, I read... <laughs> Not a graphic novel. I read Vincent and Teo, The Van Gogh Brothers by Deborah Heigelman. And this is a biography. Like anyone who was on the internet in 2010 through 2012, was very obsessed with Doctor Who. And during that time, not of course got everyone. 
Okay, Sarah. Some of us were cool. I, I get it. You're not like say. other girls. Okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was gonna make I, a joke about how Sarah did a pick me girl, and but the turtleneck is not helping because it's just making me making it even more a pick me girl. I don't know. Anyway, continue. A turtleneck like is actually, not a pick me girl thing. I feel it like feels it, like it is. How? I feel like though the energy of 2010 through 2012 internet, and by that I mean Tumblr. Everyone was a pick me girl. And they were all watching Doctor True. Who. And I, that is me. I'm not calling anyone out. I, w- I was there. Um, and since Sarah wasn't those, one of those people, maybe I would be the pick me girl. I was making a joke maybe. because everyone who <laughs> knows me knows that I watched House of Anubis and I was obsessed with that on the internet in 2013. So I was Sarah. not trying to be a pick me girl. Also, black turtlenecks are not a pick me girl thing. I'm just saying that right now. I'm just Sarah. jotting that down. Black turtlenecks <laughs> are, do not slander black turtlenecks like this. I just want it on the record. That is the- not a thing. Um, I think also relevant for our listeners to know is that Sarah basically looks like Sadie Sink in All Too Well right now. Yeah, apparently I do. I have <laughs> I have my hair straight and I'm wearing a black turtleneck. Yeah. I'm not a picture. Right in your redhead. Yeah. 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 Sadie is a little more redhead. redder, I feel like. Right. But- Hers is mm-hmm. dark. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm anyway. not mad about it. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh, I wanted to say, Sarah, you were like, I was obsessed with House of Anubis. So was I. I had layers. I could not be encompassed by just one thing. Um, None of us can I was miserable. Anyway, so I I read this book. Aren't we all? Because I loved um, Vincent Van Gogh for a time period because of that one episode of Doctor Who, which, let's be clear, is, is, is that one holds up. That one holds up. That's a good episode. I don't care what anyone says. But anyway. Um, so the book is about Vincent, but also his brother and how they were super close, um, talks about like, they both were interested in art and they both kind of suffered from mental illness as well. And it talks about a lot of like the things that we know, like, you know, he cut off his ear, Vincent did, he ate paint, you know, all these like rumors about him and it went into detail for those and also kind of like disproved some things that people will say about that stuff. So I learned a lot um so was it like nonfiction? it is it's a, so it's oh, a biography okay. but the way it's told oh. is very easy I listened to the audiobook but the way that it's told is very like prose like yeah because um, I've seen that book around I had no idea it was nonfiction. Mm-hmm. it was it and so it was That's really cool. easy to read because I did not read a lot of nonfiction. um but the way that it was told made it feel like it was fiction so that was really nice so if you also had a Doctor Who phase or just a Vincent Van Gogh phase and you want to read a book, a nonfiction book that is easy to read, I would suggest this one. It was, it was pretty good. We're almost done, but we're not done yet. Um, the last book I read for class was This Is My Brain and Love by I.W. Gregorio. And it is about dual point of view. One of the main characters, she is... Chinese. Her parents immigrated from China uh, to America. They live in Utica, New York, and they run a Chinese restaurant, a family-owned Chinese restaurant. And the rent is getting really high, so they're making her, um, they're saying they're going to be back to the city and leave, and the girl doesn't want to, her name's Jocelyn, she doesn't want to do that. So she's like, well, we'll just get help, and we'll start marketing the restaurant really good. So she gets the help of this guy who's the other point of view in the book his name's will he is biracial his mom was born in africa and then his dad is white 
and he starts working there and then they have a little romance um but also the book also really deals with um, mental health a lot because will has diagnosed anxiety and then jocelyn has depression but it's not diagnosed and like it's kind of her figuring out that she has it and it also deals a lot with how other cultures talk about mental health and how there's like a stigma with it that like sometimes is even worse than what Americans have and it was it was pretty good the romance was kind of eh but I think it did it was a good story and I think it did a good job of portraying like the uglier side of mental illness which sometimes people are afraid to do because they want to romanticize it so that was good too I enjoyed that and I only have two left and I finished both of those today one is these violent delights which we will talk about later because that was our group read and then the other one is Poison for Breakfast by our good friend, Lomini Snicket. It took me um, longer to read this book than it should have because it is a very short book. In fact, I will show y'all how short it is. Um, sorry to the listener at home. It's very short. Oh, it's hmm. like tiny, tiny, tiny book. Um, didn't have a plot. There was no plot to this book, really. Uh, it was him like waxing poetic for a little while. There were 13 chapters because obviously um basically the plot is he is poisoned for breakfast and then he wanders around town talking to people about random things sometimes Mm. he's talking to them about how he got poisoned other times he's talking to them about other things there's a lot of like tangents that he goes on um and he makes a lot of references to things and there's a lot of like philosophy stuff but it was good it was good to spend time with my friend lemony and uh for that reason i enjoyed it so that is it that is what i have read since our last episode i am done sarah what have you read um i'm just gonna give it away right now and tell you that i was the one who did not read extra (laughs) because it's been longer but what i did read is these violent delights by chloe gong i think i had said i started it last time we recorded but i did finish it because we are recording this episode now so therefore I have finished it (laughs) um and we'll talk about that later and then today I started listening to a new audiobook and that is Seven Days in June by Tia Williams Um, is that the one that we talked about yes yay we mentioned this yeah we mentioned this uh I think last episode because it was nominated for Goodreach Choice Awards um for the romance category um it it did not win, but that's okay. I wanted to read it anyway because uh, it sounded really good. And uh, Grace informed me that there was a Guardians of the Galaxy reference in it. So I saw it was available on uh, my library and I just checked out because I was just looking for a new audiobook. I'm about 20% of the way into it and it's really good so far. It's very engaging. Um, to me, it's reading more like a literary fiction than it is a romance, but maybe that's just because I haven't gotten to the romance yet. I don't know. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes so far. I am very much enjoying it though, but that is, that is all for me. I'm going to pass it over to someone who will probably be much more impressive. That is Shruti. What have you been reading recently? Well, um, well, first of all, I would like to know how that book goes. Cause I am interested yes. to possibly yeah, read I'll it. keep you guys updated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it has been a while since we recorded, um, before we, I think last time we recorded was before Thanksgiving. So I had Thanksgiving break, so I got to read things. Um, so I finished To Love and to Loathe by Martha Waters, which I believe I talked about last time. 
um, which was like there are two people and they are like they made a bet that he's gonna that he would get married um, and some enemies to lovers there's some chaotic friend group it's a fun time very good Regency recommend for sure I really loved it I gave it 4.5 rounded up to five stars um, so definitely recommend that one then I went on a weird so we were gonna go on a little journey here um, so then I picked up Tegan Hunter, Hunter's Puck Shy, which is a book I've been meaning to read for a while. It was a hockey romance. Um, I really love this one. They go on a, there's like an accidental road trip. And I usually hate the miscommunication trope, but I really love it when it's like in this way, which was like he, they meet, he doesn't tell her he's a hockey player. And then they meet, they match on a, on a dating app later on and he gives her the, her, her last, his last name. So he doesn't know like they're the same person, but because his face, there's no face, which I did not understand why she like accepted him on the dating app when he did not post a picture of his face, but that's fine. I, whatever, you know, I guess match with abs. It's fine. Um, and then later they find out that it's also the same person who is the hockey famous hockey player that she's meeting for something. And it's all the same person. And so there's like some miscommunication going on, but it's really fun. Um, I really, really love this one. I love Tegan Hunter. She just makes romance fun. So definitely recommend if you're into hockey romances. So that was Puck Shy. Um, and then I realized that Tegan Hunter had actually written a fourth book in her romance romp series. So I've already read the third, uh, the first three, and I've talked about those before on the podcast. Um, this one was called Temp Thy Neighbor. Um, they're co-workers in this one. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. Again, Tegan Hunter just does a good job with the romances. It was hot. Um, it was funny. It was cute. Um, there's a friend group involved, and I'm always about that. Um, gave that one five stars too. So it was like three five stars in a row, which was really great. Um, so really enjoyed that one. Then I was like on a little mini holiday kick. So I read The Naughty, The Nice, and The Nanny by Willa Nash. Willa Nash is Devney Perry's like pen name. I don't know why she has a pen name, but oh, she does. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know she had a pen name. Yeah. Not that I so, know anything about her. I've read her books. I, I don't know yeah. why I would know that, but yeah. It's really interesting. She has like a whole series under the Will and Ash name. And I don't know why other than like, maybe it's her supposed to be like, those are her adult romances versus those are, been, I don't know. They all seem like they're the same genre to me. So I don't really understand. Um, but yeah, so this one was a nanny romance, you know, very typical. He hires her to be the nanny. She can get along with the bratty kid. They all become a happy family. Great times. Love the book. It was cute. You know, it was fine. Um, I enjoyed more Three Bells, Two Bows and One Brother's Best Friend, also by Will and Ash. Um, so all three of these about the holiday brothers. So like it was Maddox Holiday. And then this one was another holiday brother whose name I can't remember right now. Um, very cute. Really loved this one. I love Brother's Best Friend. Um, they were also, I think, co-workers in this one as well. Um, really cute. You know, good time. Then I finally read a Megan Quinn novel, which has been a while. Um, I ignore. I decided not to read her hockey, new hockey one because I didn't really like the vibes in that one. But I did want to read a not so meet cute. Really loved this. It's like an enemies to lovers, fake dating, fake engagement. Um, basically, she's like, I need to marry someone rich because I have too much debt, and he's like, I need to. I need to pretend to be engaged because I need to get this job. And he tells you know he tells someone in order his client that he's married and pregnant, whatever. And so they make an arrangement to pretend to be engaged and, and be, pretend to be pregnant. And obviously, naturally, they fall in love as they're doing this arrangement. Great job. Love it. I think I gave this five stars. We're giving it four stars. I gave four stars. It was really good. I loved it. Um, re definitely recommend. There's a lot of really fun characters. And I would not be surprised if Megan Quinn wrote um, books about the brothers. 
um, would and would definitely want to read those as well. Then I went on a little Lilac Bay uh, tangent with Rachel Schurig. So I read Always You. Um, and this was a Friends to Lovers. Um, I was, there's sometimes I notice with the uh, Rachel Schurig novels, she doesn't go quite the predictable cliche route. And sometimes like, that's what I want. So overall was fine. Um, these are not very steamy novels. Like they, they're fade to black. They don't like go, she doesn't go into the smut, but it's still really cute. Um, I really did enjoy it. Um, sometimes you just want to read about the best friend and the man whore and how, you know, he's not actually sleeping with anyone because he's actually been in love with her the entire time. And that's what you want sometimes. So that was fun. Um, and then in the same series, I read The Last to Know. This one was really interesting because it's a, it was a little bit of a cheating narrative because she's engaged and, um, but like, they're not really in love with each other and like, they don't want the same goals. And he's never, the boyfriend is never, sorry, the fiance is never portrayed as like a bad guy. It's just like not right for her. Um, whereas the hero is obviously like the perfect person for her and, you know, that they have alignment with their goals and like all that things. So I'm usually not a big fan of cheating storylines, but this was short and it was cute. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with this one. So I did like it. I gave it four stars. Um, so that one was fun too. I think I just relate to the pushover characters. So, you know, if that's the heroine, I'm probably going to like it. Um, and then lastly, the one that you want, I gave this one five stars also in the same series by Rachel Schurig um, in the Lilac Bay series. Um, this one's also a pushover from Euroind. And I love this one because she is, um, she, this is a fake dating one and it, but it's a fake dating with um, a friend, but it's like not childhood friends. Like the first one was, it's like a little bit more of like recent friends, which recent, this is going to be a trend we're going to talk about in a second is I kind of started to like friends to lovers where they're not like friends to lovers and meet like from childhood. I also like friends to lovers where they just, and start being friends. They're like, we're just going to stay friends for whatever reasons. And then they end up falling in love. So did enjoy that. Um, he was a florist. The hero was a florist in this. And this is the far more florist boy I deserve. He was a cinnamon roll. He was, he was the a sweetest florist? Boy. Florist. He's a florist. Oh. <laughs> like, I was like, guy right, who arranges this. flowers. Yes. <laughs> I get that now. But no, he was super cute. And I do think, actually, Gracie would enjoy these because it's not very spicy. It's like, you know, they're just pure cute romances. I do think you would like yeah. it. Okay. Um, I did skip some of the more enemies to lovers ones, but I think you would enjoy those probably because, you know, that's what you like. I do like just that. Just out there. Um, but yeah, so I just, you know, read some Rachel Schurig. I still have some more Rachel Schurig that I could read at some point in my life. And she's like, I think she's starting to become one of my favorite ones. Just like, you know, as a reliable, this is a cute, let's read it for a couple, just for like a quick read. So um, I'm not going to go into detail this, but then I read five Omegaverse books. No one needs to know. Are you kidding about this. me? <laughs> no. What the hell? They make those? You know what? I did know that, actually. I did know that. They, they did. I will say, it, it was, okay, so I did read some of the reviews, and it's on, like, apparently this author is more on the lighter side. Um, her name is Liana Carlisle. Her Omegaverse books tend to be on, like, the lighter side. They're not super dark as they can get. Um, and then, honestly, if even I would say I didn't really feel Omegaverse like they were like the tame Omegaverse I think if for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about basically just keep it no no keep it that way if they if they don't know what you're talking about just (laughs) apparently I'm not allowed to explain Omegaverse so google it you know google's your friend I guess um anyway I enjoyed it um a lot of good girls were thrown around and you know what praise kink sometimes that's what you need so there you go (laughs) that's all I'm gonna say fair enough fair enough 
Um, yeah, and I read five different books on that. And two of, uh, I will mention the two of my favorite ones. Well, my favorite one was a forbidden one where like it's an alpha and a beta. And I was like, this is interesting. And the other one where is where he's actually been in prison for murder. And she like, wait, wait, wait. There was a reason it was for revenge. And she was like, <laughs> I'm assuming the re- reason was murder. Sure didn't. I mean, I got it. <laughs> he was and she, she's like studying them, but she's like not supposed to be there. And then ends up, they go on the run together. It's basically, it's spoiler. I guess it doesn't really matter, but they go on the run together and they do bad things together. And you know what? It was fine. I could enjoy a, a good, I can enjoy something different every now and then is my you point. Um, but yeah. And then I read These Violent Delights. And that's where we're at. We <laughs> Actually, I guess I did start. We are an educational podcast. Correct. I'm here, to, I'm here to educate the, the public, um, except apparently not fully. Um, I did start a new book that I can't remember the name of because I'm only like, you know, a couple pages in. Um, oh, Rumors and Romance. Friends to Lovers, except they're like strangers to, lo- strangers to friends to lovers. He's a vet. She adopts a dog that she found um, abandoned on the street. So he takes her So they, you know, and she runs a bakery. They agree to just be friends because neither of them, both of them are more involved in their career. And also neither of them want kids, which I kind of really like. And they're like, that's wait, this sounds like the book for me. And like, is it really spicy? So far? No. So I don't know yet, but I don't think it's going to get very spicy. It doesn't sound like it will. And he is, um, he actually broke up with his fiance because she put, gave him ultimatum about how she wants kids. So he was like, no, that's not what I want. I thought you knew that. So anyway, that's like the first beginning happened, except there, someone keeps putting moves on him. So the heroine is like, oh, I'm going to pretend to kiss you and pretend that we're dating, except they're in a small town. And so now they're fake dating. Um, so that's where we're at. Wait, that sounds, what is it called again? Um, it's called Rumors and Romance. That sounds by, good. Who is this by? I don't know who this is by. It's by somebody. I will okay. get back to you on that Most one. But are. it's by somebody. But yeah, it's cute so far. And I'll let you know how it goes. Yes. Let me know if they um, end up having kids. Because if they do, I probably won't read it. If Not that I'm against like people it. having. Right. Well, yeah. But like it's established if... that they don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I really yeah, don't yeah. think. Yeah. I really don't think this book will go that route. Because they've both been very much establishing. If people want to have kids, that's fine. But that's not what we want. And people should have the prerogative to change their mind, but that's not what we want. So I feel like that's not where it's going, but we'll see. And then, yeah, I think I mentioned, then I read These Violent Dites, which we will discuss in like a couple minutes here. Yes, many thoughts. Or no thoughts. Many thoughts. Who knows? Many thoughts, head full. Yeah. Um, Before we get into this Violent Delights, um, since last time we talked about the Goodreads nominations, um, the winners just came out uh, today, the day that we're recording this. It was today right yeah yeah yeah. it was today um so before we give our opinions on them something I thought was cool I always like to look at the book that had the most number of votes overall which this year was A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J Maas of course Sarah J Maas fans are nothing if not dedicated so congrats Mm. to them that had that would that would that book had the highest number of votes by like a lot, actually. I think the next closest one at like 90,000 something. So it had oh, wow. like 10,000, 20,000 more votes than um, the next book. Oh, and in the fantasy category, it had the next book under it, which was Under the Whispering Door by TJ Klune. Um, That one got like only, got like half the number yeah. of votes. 
it was yeah, less than crazy. that. Less than- <laughs> like it was not close at all. Um, but the book with the least number of votes overall is in the science fiction category. And that is Machinehood with 643 votes, which is still, you know what? 643 people voted for that book. Yeah. So, I mean, good for, good for that book. I don't know anything about it. Um, and it's not a reflection on the, I have known nothing about this book. It's not to say it's a bad (laughs) book, you know, 600 people still voted for it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just like, I am always curious, like what book gets the most votes overall. And that is, it's usually like a Sarah J Mass or, you know, that type of big author. So I was not surprised, but, um, yeah, my, you know, the only book that I voted for that one was, um, beautiful world. Where are you by Sally Rooney? Um, she really is that bitch. I am proud of her that she won this category. I'm not super surprised. Um, I was, I thought cloud cuckoo land would be higher, but that one also came out pretty recently. So people probably haven't read it yet. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. And then the other one that surprised me was the mystery and thriller one, which is the last thing he told me. I knew that that one was big, but I thought like Stephen King, the maidens, I'm not shocked that that one didn't win. I'm actually shocked at how high that one was because I've heard like bad things about it. Um, but I'm shocked that the Stephen King one and the push didn't win, but good for the last thing you told me. I'm actually planning on reading that soon. Um, there's, you deserve better, but that's okay. Yeah. People have been checking that one out. The one that won at the oh, yeah. library. A lot of people keep checking it out. The cover of it doesn't look like a mystery and thriller though. So I always just assume it's yeah. like a, it's like a little, a little fun little book. And I'm like, have Same. fun in your fun little book. And then I, I'm like, oh, it's about murder or something. <laughs> I know it was, it was a book of the month pick like a couple of months back. And I kind of just ignored it. Not to like, you know, we all judge it based on the cover. I just kind of saw it and I was like, eh, but yeah. I've heard, I've been hearing a lot of good stuff and it just won. So yeah, I'm going to put it as to read, actually. I don't know if yeah. I have it. Um, of course, I would like to shout out People We Meet on Vacation, which won. Oh, yeah. Um, narrowly, narrowly won against the Love hair. Hypothesis. Yeah. Um, it was only like, what, 600 votes or so. Um, mm-hmm. But one last stop to get their place, which we were pleasantly surprised by. So that was yeah. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I'm very happy that People We Meet on Vacation won. I actually just um, bought a physical book from it from Bookshop. And that just came in and was very pretty. And I'm very excited to possibly reread soon, even though it's winter, um, the physical copy. So that'll be you, fun. Pretend, you pretend like it's vacation not. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the other book I wanted to point out was Rule of Wolves one, which is interesting <laughs> to me. But, you know, I haven't read it. That- I have no idea. That is so funny to me. Like, I'm so sorry. Why did everyone vote for this one? You cannot tell me this book wasn't boring as fuck. I read King of Scars. I know. <laughs> I know. I haven't I actually, feel like I haven't read this one, so I don't really know, but I know. I mean, I know I, things that happen. I'm surprised people voted for this book. Me too. I'm sure they just saw um, Lee Bardugo and they oh, said, yeah. hey, I That's, watched yeah. that TV show this year. Possibly. I'll Those are my thoughts. It. I'm surprised that Cassandra Clare one didn't win, to be honest. That one's sure books are usually a shoe in. Um, yeah, maybe we just qu- shouldn't question it and should yeah. just let her take, let Cassandra take that L. Yeah, for once. Um, and I feel of like course, Grace was right. Her her bestie won middle grade in children's, as he always yes. does. He did. He, he always did. does. And then also, I think I was right about graphic novels. I don't know if I was right, but I did say that Laura Olympus might would win. You were right mm-hmm. about another one too. Um, 
Which one was it? I don't know. Shoot, what was also it? the John Green one, which again, that's yeah, the John Green, of course. They probably just saw it was John Green. Oh, um, I think you were right about Final Girls Support Group, and you were right about the memoir and autobiography one. You said Crying in H Mart was going to win. Oh, I didn't even look at memoir and autobiography. Yep, mm-hmm. you were right. <laughs> I was right. Wow, that librarian knowledge it really it really kicks yep. in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for something. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. Shout out to Final Girl Support Group. I actually have that book on audiobook. I haven't started it yet. Um. I have it from the library uh just shout out to my local south carolina native grady hendrix i'm proud of him (laughs) good for him yes um justice for the x talk twice shy and um uh you have a match though for all those yeah should have made it i should have made it also Mm -hmm. um our violent ends was in the uh, oh yeah fantasy category which is a sequel to um these violent delights which we're going to be talking about in a few minutes um but that book literally just came out like i always feel bad when they put books that just came out like in november in those categories because a lot of people probably haven't read them yet like i right. like me i haven't read it yet i'm planning on uh-huh. reading it soon though so i f- i don't know i feel like maybe they should do like the grammys where there's like cutoff point and then like yes know, I, don't, I don't know i don't know I yes don't know, but Still, still 19,000 is um 19,000 yeah, is still pretty high for like that less is. than a month. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Before we start talking about uh these violent delights, uh let's hear a word from our sponsor. And we are back. So the obviously as you know, our group read pick for November and December was These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. Um, this was my pick and I chose it because I've been wanting to read this book basically since it came out. Um, it was always kind of on my radar and I follow Chloe Gong on Twitter. She seems really cool and um, she's from New Zealand, but she goes to UPenn in Philly. She's a Philly author. Um, I thought that was cool because I too am from Philly or I live near Philly. What Grace? I thought she, I could never figure out what her accent was. I just assumed yeah. she was British. Mm-hmm. Nope. She's from huh. New Zealand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but she goes to school in Philly now. And every time in Philly, I'm like, what if I see Chloe Gong? And <laughs> now that I've read her book, if I do see her, I'll be able to have a conversation with her. So that's cool. Um, and I just thought like, it was a really cool, like, uh, concept for a story. The book takes place in 1920 Shanghai and it is, um, somewhat of a Romeo and Juliet retelling. It's, or I guess it is a Romeo and Juliet retelling. It's like based on it. Um, and I just thought it was a really cool concept and she wrote it. I think she wrote it when she was only like 19, which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote it while she was in college, like yeah. working on her degree. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even have time to. Mm-hmm cry in college in fact I think I think she's still in college if I'm not mistaken like she wrote it and got it published all while she was still in college which is um insane to me and um she's also pretty big on TikTok I follow her on TikTok I watch her TikTok so I thought it was time yes I thought it was time I finally read her book um so yeah let's hear uh what what did you guys think of the book we'll keep it non-spoiler for now and we'll uh, say when we are going into spoiler territory. I just want to say real quick. Um, I listened to it mainly on audiobook, and my brain is mush, and I may die. <laughs> Wait, that sounds really <laughs> dramatic. I'm not gonna <laughs> die. I just feel like I've just been stressed. 
I've been really stressed. That's what I should have said instead of the saying, instead of <laughs> alarming people. But, um, and so I'll be completely honest. I zoned out very many times during this book and there were many parts that I missed. And I am a little, I, I don't know. Some things about this book, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. We all been there, um, Grace. It's it's okay. It okay there are maybe <laughs> times in this episode where y'all reference things and I will just silently think to myself, I don't remember that. And this is news to me. That However, happens to me, even when I don't, even when I think I know everything <laughs> I've been paying attention, that still happens to me. So like, yeah, no, no, no judgment. It does to me too. I don't think I know anything at all, but I that's don't okay. Think I, do. that's I don't think okay. I fully comprehend most of the books I read. Just I don't season. either. I don't either. Wow. <laughs> this is like a deep secret I hold. And so yeah. that you, you relate to this. We have um, a book podcast, but we literally cannot we comprehend language. <laughs> but we can't read. Um, yeah. So all this to say the parts of the book that I was paying attention to and I, I did comprehend, I was obsessed with. So yeah, I could say more, but I'll let Shruti go first. I, well, I liked it. Um, overall, I liked it. I had a good time. Um, I definitely, so I think context is important here. So I started reading this book on Sunday, right on the weekend. And basically I read this book very slowly for me like usually I like binge read books right I read like a book in like one or two days this book I like actually read like over a course of a week I read like 10% or 20% per day um which was very interesting and different for me um but yeah no I think overall I liked it um I think being me I loved the romance parts the most I loved the characterization and like the squad moments like the friend group moments the most Um, And sometimes I was very much like, there's too much plot going on and I wish there was just more romance. Um, But when we did get the romance, like those moments were like really great. I think because, you know, we had spent so much time with the plot and all of those things. So like, I understand it. And I did really like the book. Um, It's heavy at points, I think, um, which is one of the reasons why I am not going to read the sequel yet. I will, I do want to read the sequel because there's obviously a cliffhanger that we will talk about. Um, But you know, I want to read it, but I needed a break first because it is very heavy. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I thought it was great. I just wanted more romance and less plot. So some parts of the book didn't work for me personally, but I still admire the book for those. But, okay, I don't know what I'm saying. Well, so- okay, so I don't know if this is what you're trying to say, but I what I what the other thing I really liked, but also didn't like was the writing style and yes. the perspective. Yeah, I think that's what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. That is it's yes. omnipresent because mm-hmm. it's like omnipresent because yeah. it's not like mm-hmm. actually from anyone's particular perspective. It's like really like yes. from the city's perspective, if you will, at times. Mm-hmm. And like, it was cool and creative, but then at times that kind of took me out because I was like, I don't, I want to be, I want to know more about the characters. Yes, exactly. Um, it was really, yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah, it was really, really cool, especially like in the, I think there was a prologue in the beginning that mm-hmm. was, it was really atmospheric and really cool and it worked in that sense. But then certain times it would kind of switch to that in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. And I would, I kind of skimmed over those parts because although they were like beautifully written, I think her writing is amazing, especially she was just knowing that she's 19 and she can write this well. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Like this yeah. is good. Writing I can't for, write like, like that. Exactly. This is good writing for like a seasoned prof, like not that uh-huh. she's not a professional, but like for like a seasoned, like older writer. 
Um, who has like multiple books out and stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And although it was like beautifully written and everything, I don't necessarily like read this type of book for like the writing style. So I kind of like skimmed over those parts a little bit just to get, I'm like, let's get to the good stuff. Um, because I agree with Shruti. I really liked the parts of all the characters when they're all together um, and just learning more about their dynamics and everything. And the, I, I did enjoy the romance. I wish there was more of it. I wasn't like super invested in it because there just wasn't as much of a focus on it as I was, I would mm-hmm. expect for a Romeo and Juliet retelling. Um, but I did enjoy what we got of it. I wish, um, like Shruti said, there was a little bit more of it there. But um, I do appreciate, you know, the writing of the book and everything. So I wasn't like mad necessarily, but I was just kind of like, okay, let's like, let's move this along, you know? Um, So yeah, I also really liked it. I think I gave it four stars on Goodreads. Um, And I am also planning to read Our Violent Ends, just also not right away. Um, I don't want to wait too long though, because um, as we've established, I am a little bit dumb and I will forget everything. (laughs) So I'll probably read it like this month or next month. Um, but, and I listened to this, I half listened to this book on audio and like half read it in physical form and the audiobook, I did have trouble paying attention to it a little bit. I don't know if it was like the narrator wasn't as like, um, lively or like if it was just the nature of the writing where it was just a little bit, like you got lost in it a little bit, but, um, I definitely preferred reading it in physical form. So I'll probably just read our violent ends fully, like, on my Kindle or in physical form. But um, yeah, so I'm glad we all, you know, generally enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. what are some non-spoilery other thoughts that we have? So I um, did not have these issues that you guys had. Uh, I liked, okay, <laughs> the omniscient point, I liked that it was omniscient. I do kind of get what you mean, what you were saying about how like, for me, it was the switching of point of views that kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt mm-hmm. like it switched too abruptly. And I don't know if I would have felt that way if I was reading it. But when I was listening to it, it felt, like, really abrupt. And sometimes I'd be like, wait, who who are we talking about? Um, so I do get that. But I liked how it showed, like, everyone's point of view. Because I kind of just assumed mm-hmm. it would just be, like, Juliet and um, Roma. But it was, it was a lot of people. So I enjoyed getting t- perspective into, like, a bunch of different people's um minds that was fun I did enjoy the characters and I did enjoy the romances and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later but the plot the plot I was like this book was this is it was so up my alley in ways that I will actually describe (laughs) actually I will describe them okay so there is for those at home for those at home um yeah it takes place Shanghai 1920s there's like this gang stuff and like political stuff. I didn't care about that so much. What I did care about is there is this monster. There is a monster in the city. In the city, there is a monster. And it goes in the water and it comes out of the water. And emerging from this monster are bugs. Bugs emerge from the monster and they go around in the city and they infect people and they make the people violently rip their throats out. And I was like, say no more. This is amazing. I love it. <laughs> I, What's- yeah, I didn't mean to say that I didn't like the plot because I did. I thought it was yeah, a yeah. really cool plot for me. It was just, I think the, although the writing, like I said, it was great. I feel like it, it kind of slowed down the story a little bit, but I did, I enjoyed the plot as well. I thought it was really, really cool. 
um, with the monster and everything. I also, I even enjoyed, like, I got a little confused with the rival gangs. Like I would get a lot of stuff mixed up. Um, I think maybe if I, uh, paid attention maybe a little bit closer, like wrote, took notes or something, or if there was like a character, I I think this book could have used like a character list in the beginning or whatever, like a family tree or something. I do think, yeah, I I actually really liked all the gang stuff. Like if Mm -hmm. if you're telling me, if we're just talking plot, I really liked the gang stuff and the rivalry stuff. I thought that was really interesting, but I also like, not that I like Romeo and Juliet, I actually am anti-Romeo and Juliet, but that was like one of the parts of Romeo and Juliet that I liked is like the idea of like these rival gangs and like blood feuds and stuff, all of that. I think for me, the part that lost me, because again, I really love the monster and I really love that. I mean, I hated the idea of bugs infecting people, but like that's like a personal ick and not so much as like it was a great plot. And it's oh, very I creepy. think it was ick too. That's why I like right, it. Right, right. I think the part that lost me, although it makes sense when we get to all of the, I do like how everything tied together, but all of the stuff with like the politics kind of lost me but I get why I understand why it's there and I can see that it's probably going to be important it is important and it becomes more important um I just I, I don't like politics in my books so that was the one thing that was like <laughs> we didn't need this less of this please yeah it was yeah. that was the part that I found the hardest to keep track of because there were like I I couldn't remember who was affiliated with like what except for I knew mm-hmm. like Roma Marshall and uh Ben the Benvolio not Benvolio the Benedict Benedict, Benedict um were the white flowers and I knew um uh Juliet and uh Kathleen and Rosalind were the Scarlet Rosalind. Gang but outside yeah. of that Rosalind whatever sorry um they sorry. uh no, you're good <laughs> they, that was a bitchy um, thing to do <laughs> it's all good <laughs> um they were the scarlet gang but other than that i would like lose track of and again this might be on me it maybe i'm just bad at keeping track of this stuff um but yeah that's where it kind of it's where i got a little bit lost too with the with all the politics stuff going on and keeping track of like why certain things happening was significant like uh, i don't know um but yeah the i think the monster storyline was terrifying and that was mm-hmm. the bugs were so scary. Yeah. And the descriptions were so disgusting. I was yeah. not expecting that from this book. <laughs> um, it wasn't like too much for me. Like certain things, you know, I, 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 I think we wish. hold on. I'm sorry. I need to interrupt, but I need to point out that right now that like Sarah's face is like gross and like, you know, because she's describing disgusting things. Meanwhile, Grace is over here with a big smile. She's grinning. Face, beaming. She's grinning. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah. And it was like, I like I could handle it. It was nothing like I couldn't handle, but it was way grosser than I was expecting for, you know, a little YA fantasy novel. And the bugs were so creepy. And they described crawling under people's scalps. Mm. Oh, Mm. no, no, (laughs) absolutely not. It was so gross, but it was so well done, too. So I was was. I'm not saying this like I'm mad about it. It was so well done. I was thoroughly disgusted. I also just want to say, and Sarah may have predicted that I would say this, but she also may not, she also may not, but she's nodding, so maybe she did. The plot of this book, extremely similar to Plague by Michael Grant of the God I was series. not expecting you to say that. <laughs> so, like, the plot of the fourth, this is the fourth book in the Gone series. I'm not going to go into this very long, but I just think people should know. Um, there's, like, a bunch of different things happen in each book in that series and the thing that's happening in the fourth one is that like everyone's getting sick 
um, and like puking their lungs out. They're not ripping their throats out, but like it is gross. The gross things are happening to their body and it is described in vivid detail. And then also there are these giant bugs, like not just oh, I one. I about that. There's giant bugs. Um, and I think they're related. It's been a really long time, but it was so, it's so, it's very similar, like same vibes. And I was texting my friend actually earlier today because I was like, I'm reading this book and I think you would like it. And so I described her the plot and she's like, that's just Plague by Michael Grant. And I was like, I know. That's, why that's I so like funny. It. I did not so, yeah. expect you to say that because I forgot about the bugs in that book. But if I had remembered. Um, but speaking of characters, because that's not what we're talking about, but I'm going to bring it back to characters. Bring it back. That's what the that's bugs were go. characters. So it's kind of related. Bugs were characters. Sure. Um, I'm, I can't even rank the five characters because I love them all so much. Um, Kathleen is my queen and I love her. Uh-huh. Um, I loved her entire storyline. I love that she's trans. I love that like that's thrown out there at the very beginning, the moment you meet her. And we do get a little bit of background behind it. I think enough that you like, it doesn't take away because she's not the main character, but she's a main character. So you get enough information about her and you get really invested in her. And I loved her. Um, you know, Marshall is amazing. Um, we'll get to, we'll get to Marshall in a later, um, Benedict also amazing. Totally. Benedict is my boy. Uh, all characters named Ben are bisexual and I love that for me. Um, and then of course, Roma is great. He's like a very typical white boy in this book, which you know what, that's good. For, you know what? Sometimes we need that. And then yeah. Juliet of course is the queen and I love her. And I, I made this joke on Twitter, but I love how she like is constantly, like, I hate white men. White men are terrible. Yeah. And then meanwhile is in love with a white man. And you know yeah. what, Juliet? I, I understand that. She's and so I valid that. for that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I love all five of them. And I thought they were really great. And then I feel like Rosalind, we needed more of. Um, I'm sorry. Theories. Did you mean Rosalind? Whatever. <laughs> I held back. Sure, you should know. Sure, you should know. Not to mention Whatever. another thing from. No, no, no. We shouldn't talk about in 2021, but. Okay, well, I was actually going to bring that up, so we'll come back to that. But I do think um, her character, let me finish that, that her, her character um, was not, she was one of the few characters we did not get a perspective of. I have theories as to why we'll get there later. Um, so I am curious to see if she's more in the sequel and what's going on there. But I do, I do love all of them. Um, and I am interested to see where that goes. Um, just because Grace just brought it up, let me talk about while I was reading this book, I was getting some major flash- flashbacks to the year of 2017. Where what a year, I was, though. What a year. Um, right where year. I was, for those of you who do not know what happened in the year of 2017. Guardians of the Galaxy all, Volume 2 came out in May. Okay, that was not what I was talking about. <laughs> Continue. You know what also came out in May of 2017? Still crossed, saw, well, still star-crossed on ABC channel. And you know what also happened in May of 2017? It pretty much got canceled. Um, it was a great TV show, for those who do not know. It was a part of the Shondaland um, universe. Um, it's oh, actually yeah. based off a book. It was actually based off a book. The book is amazing. So, you know, relevant to our podcast. It was based off a book, and the book is actually amazing, and I do love the book, other than the fact that all the characters are white. Um, and I do think the Benvolio character in that book matches the Benedict character in um, These Violent Delights. So put throwing that out there, I think they're very similar. Obviously, that Benvolio was... Well, we don't know. We don't know the sexual value, the sexual sexuality of Benedict in this book. I decided I've decided he's bi, but you know, we'll see. Um, in but in at least in Star Starcross, he's definitely into women. Uh, whereas in these violent delights, it's heavily implied he is into men, which we'll get to. Very excited about that. We'll get there. Um, but I, 
um, was having a lot of flashbacks to that. And I was reminding me that I actually know Jerome and Juliet very well because of Still Starcrossed. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, these are characters that are things, these are characters and these are things that happen. And these are random plot device foreshadowing things that are thrown in there that I recognize that will probably come back in, in, and become important later. Spoiler alert, they do become important later and we'll talk about those as well. Um, but yeah, so just throwing that out there, if you enjoyed the Romeo and Juliet retelling vibes here, just throwing out there that Still Starcrossed by Melissa Taub is a great book and you should all read it. I'll concur, but I didn't read the book. I watched the TV show and I just wanted to say I was like in the middle of the of these violent delights. I think when Rosalind mm-hmm. was brought up, I was like, mm-hmm. wait a second. Yes, this is, these, <laughs> this is what Still Starcrossed is based off of, too. And I also yes. So, oh yeah. yeah and then there's like a random thing where i don't think in the actual romeo and juliet um benvolio who's the original you know ben character um is an artist but like in both still starcross the tv show and in these violin delights he's an artist and i was like you know what i love that for him so good for him i wish that i had either watched still starcrossed or refreshed my memory on romeo and juliet before reading this because i i w- there were certain things that were happening and i was like I feel like there are parallels to this in Romeo and Juliet, but I genuinely, I do not remember the, the play. And yeah. the last time I read it was freshman year of high school. So I wish I had kind of like read the spark notes a little bit before going into this. So then I could actually like pick up on maybe even see some like foreshadowing that she, I'm sure she put in some great foreshadowing that if you know the plot of Romeo and Juliet, you would understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get some things that were like that, like the, there was, this isn't really a spoiler, but at one point she pretends Roma's last name is Montague and says yes. yeah. and he was like, that sounds Italian. Italian. How weird. <laughs> so I thought that was funny, uh-huh. but that it was only like the super obvious stuff like that that I brought. Right. There was also like a balcony scene and like a mask oh, yeah, yeah. and like stuff the, like oh, that. Balcony, but like those are like, and you're yeah. like, oh yes, I understand what you were doing here. Clearly right. But yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, I did pick up on those. Like, re- like the really obvious ones I got, but like, mm-hmm. I feel like I just, I don't remember the plot so much except for like obviously mm-hmm. how it ends um unfortunately but yeah um unfortunately. So, are we, yeah. so are we ready to get into spoilers yes I- please lots of spoiler thoughts let's get into spoilers Shruti you have lots of spoiler thoughts you go ahead um I don't even know where to start I have many spoiler thoughts um let's start with the end yeah shall we yeah the um, sure, ending sure. was crazy go ahead so yeah Okay, so yeah. I need to I need to sp- just preface this where somewhere I think so. Okay, so in the middle of the book, somewhere um, Juliet finally meets Marshall and uh, Benedict, and they're like all in this science lab situation, and they're doing things right, and that's the first time they meet, and it's thrown in there. And this is what I was one of the things I was talking about about foreshadowing, especially if you had read Romeo and Juliet recently, is there's a part where Juliet picks up a potion or something where you can fake death. And immediately my brain goes, wait a minute, Romeo and Juliet, because that's, you know, if you have read the if you read Shakespeare, that she like has a poison where she pretends to be dying and then Romeo finds her and that's why they all both die tragically, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, this is totally going to be relevant because this would not be a thing if it was not Romeo and Juliet. So like, this is going to come back later. And this was about the time where I accidentally read a spoiler <laughs> on Goodreads at a review that Marshall does not actually die. And I was like, oh, Oh, so, oh, so you be, knew this, that from the beginning. So I knew I was Marshall was screaming and crying. So I knew Marshall wasn't going to actually die. So I knew. Yeah. So I knew but, because this is the problem. And this is, I think, actually a problem I had with this entire book and me reading it was I know this is a tragedy. So I was like the entire time I was like, I'm not going to get invested in anyone. 
Marshall specifically, because I was like, he's totally going to die and it's absolutely going to happen because like that's halfway through Romeo and Juliet. That's what happens is um, Merc- Mercutio dies, who is Marshall, obviously. So I was like, okay, Marshall's going to die. So I'm not going to get invested in him. I'm not going to get invested in his, in his romance with Benedict, which was amazing. And uh, um, per- speaking of different types of friends to lovers, bickering friends to lovers who are married I... is also an A plus tier trope. They got me. I was obsessed. I was obsessed with them. They got me. They really did. Yeah, they're amazing. I love them. Uh huh. Um, anyway, so yeah, I was like, I'm not going to get invested into this. I know what is going to happen here. I'm not going to do this to myself. Then I found out he doesn't actually die. And now, to be fair, there's a whole other sequel that I don't actually know. I know some spoilers about the sequel, but I don't actually know what happens in the sequel, like fully. So I was like, maybe he could still die there. Who knows? But I knew he wasn't going to die. Um, but overall, I like was like trying not to get invested. Like, for instance, Romeo and Juliet are amazing and I love them and I love their romance. But like, I'm like 90. I'm like, it's Romeo and Juliet. I know what <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But we, I think we're all thinking it. So I was like, I don't want to love them, but I do. Um, anyway, my point was, is I knew he was going to die. So like when that scene happened, which I thought was really cool and I knew what was happening, I could actually pick that out. And I thought that was really good, but it didn't hit as hard for me because I knew he wasn't dead. And then when the epilogue happened, I was like, yeah, I know. I know you're alive here. Although I am very curious just how that relationship goes. Cause that seems fun. Anyway, I... that was, that was my, 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 my ending rant. I was going to say, I thought he was dead because of the Mercutio mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, and then, but I had a feeling, cause I'd seen people on Twitter talking about like Benedict and, uh, Marshall sorry I'm getting mm-hmm. it mixed up with like the Shakespeare names now um with Benedict and Marshall being like a ship and I was like there was like content in this book but there wasn't like enough content for it for the amount of things that I saw so I'm like maybe he's a lot maybe he's alive or like I wasn't I wasn't like surprised when he was like alive so I was like oh that actually makes sense based on like mm-hmm. like I didn't know that he was alive like I didn't see spoilers but just that the amount of people I've seen talking about them I was like oh this actually makes more sense um also that was like the part where he where he was like I can't even tell like Benedict that I'm alive yeah yeah <laughs> that hit yeah I was yeah. so sad yeah I know. I was oh, like, I, no. yeah. My favorite, my favorite Benedict Marshall. There's so many good Benedict Marshall moments, but one of them is when he covers Marshall's mouth and Marshall licks him. Great, yeah. great plus content. <laughs> um, and then also when they're like hiding under the tarp or whatever, and Benedict's like freaking out because Marshall could have died, and Marshall yeah. like, touches his yeah. cheek, and I was like, yes, yeah. this is that the was moment. some this good is what stuff. I like. Yeah. That was when yeah. I was like, oh no, here I am. Yeah. This is my personality <laughs> yep. trait now. Yep. yep. <laughs> And then I would like to make sure, make it clear, Romeo and Juliet also did this to me, but we'll get to them. We'll get to them. We'll get, yeah, to, we'll that. get to them. I think um, I, I got like invested in uh, Benedict and Marshall before Romeo and Juliet. Like, yes. I like that. I, I really, so really too. liked Romeo and Juliet by then, but Benedict and Marshall, I was like, okay, maybe this will be my, my couple. Because I think they, book. I think because she started establishing them as like, and laying yeah. those like hints like earlier, whereas yeah. Romeo and Juliet, you knew obviously that they were like lovers and all of that, but like, it was it. I don't know. You didn't get to see them interact in that way as much right. until like halfway through the book. I feel like. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love Kathleen. I loved, I wish she had done a little bit more, but I'm sure she's going to be more in the sequel again. Same thing with Rosalind. And I guess this is where I will bring my uh, theory up. Um, I'm wondering if she's the, so one of the things, the plot points that was brought up was that there is a traitor in the Scarlet gang. Um, 
I'm wondering if she's the traitor and that's why we haven't seen anything about perspective because obviously if we got into her, her head, she did have one scene um, when like she saw the monster, but it wasn't really, it was more again from like the omnipresent person's yeah. perspective. And I'm wondering if that's why, because she's actually the traitor. I don't know what the details will be there, but like that's my current theory that I'm throwing out into the world. I can get behind that. My only thing would be that seems like too obvious just because at the end she mm-hmm. like refused to like go with Juliet. So right. I don't know. Part of me is like, yeah, she's definitely the traitor. But then the other part of me is like, oh, that seems like too easy, you know, to come true. to that. I don't know. I was thinking she was the traitor, but I do think Sarah's right that it might be too easy. But who else would it be? I don't know. I think she's like somewhat involved and maybe not be as like straightforward as she is a traitor. Like right. there's probably something else going on, but I do think like there's definitely something going there's on there, and it's probably connected. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, Kath- well, Kathleen, I really enjoyed her character, and I agree. I hope we get more of her in the next one because the brief like points of view we got from her were so mm-hmm. uh, interesting to read about, and um, I'm really interested where her storyline goes too. Um, I think, I mean, I guess Juliet was the most interesting story, like perspective to read from, for me, I guess Juliet and Kathleen were like tied. Um, and yeah. I, I liked Roma's too, but Julie, I feel like mm-hmm. Juliet was more like characterized than Roma was. If that's, that makes yeah. sense. I got more of a sense of who she was than I did from Roma. And I hope in the next book, you know, maybe Roma will be more like, not that he wasn't developed, but it just, Juliet I kind of got a grasp on like right away whereas Roma you learn more and more about him as the book goes on but I wasn't like Mm -hmm. as interested in him um I loved reading about Juliet's life um I love her as a character her personality Mm -hmm. she's so like it's like funny to me I don't know she's so she's like chaotic almost um but she's She's, very like she's like chaotic but you don't you don't you don't think she is yeah and she's a badass yeah yep and she's more of a badass than um roma is in a lot of ways yeah um and that is feminism yep and you know what i love is how juliet is not afraid to kill people and roma's like i am not going to kill people and juliet's Mm -hmm. like well stop being weak and roma's like well it's not me being weak it's just me being there for you and i was like you know what this is romance this is what i like this is the content i deserve and speaking of girl boss you know himbo Mm -hmm couple not male that wife. Roma's exactly. really a himbo, but like it's wait yeah it's girl boss girl boss soft girl soft boss male wife girl yeah boss, male wife. i like wife. it yeah yeah <laughs> girl boss um, male wife speaking of the girl boss and his and her male wife um my favorite chapter favorite scene is when they get super drunk on tequila which by the way i loved how it was revealed that it was a tequila i just thought i shouted i was like this is funny to me um i thought it would also have been funny if it was vodka given that he's russian but it's fine um and they get really drunk and then they basically like fall asleep in bed and they're like, you know, tumbling around as people do when they're drunk and in love and kissing. And you know what? That entire chapter was A plus content. And I think that's really what happened is that they didn't really get romantic content until like most like 70 percent of the way through the book. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't like there was obviously hints, but they were because of the way that they have been established as they are enemies right now and they're mad at each other and you don't know fully why they're mad at each other, but you just know that they are and like you slowly reveal what's happening. You don't actually get to see them be in love again. Um, and I think getting to see them be friends and then awkwardly be like, wait, we still have feelings for each other. That is the content I deserve. 
Um, and in a romance novel, that would happen way earlier, but because this is, there's all this other plot stuff going on, it doesn't get to go to a head until later on, which is why I'm glad there's a sequel, because I feel like you get to see more of that, especially now that we have all the angst of, you know, all of what's happening now. But What happened I, at the end? Yeah. Like she, and I love the reversal. I love a good reversal where like at the beginning, Roma has betrayed Juliet and Juliet thinks that he, well, Juliet thinks he betrayed her, but really he was doing it because he loves her. And now she's doing the same thing. And she, he thinks Mm -hmm. she's betrayed him, but really she's doing it because he loves, she loves him. I love that. Um, And I cannot wait to see where that goes. Yeah. And I think you're right that it took a while for their romance to really like pick up in the book. Um, Because in the beginning, I thought I wasn't really like interested in them because I think I've said this before, but I don't usually like book couples where they like meet before the book starts and then they kind of like tell you about their history, but you don't get to Mm -hmm. like experience it with them. So I thought this was another case of that. But then like by the time we got to like the bed scene, I was like, okay, like this is this is working for me. I like this. Mm -hmm. Like or the tequila scene. Yeah. And then by the end, I was I'm fully for them. Like I'm not like crazy about them, but I'm like, I'm for I'm I'm for this. I think the moment where I was like, okay, I actually really, really love these two is when they're on the bed and they're drunk. And I think Juliet says something. I can't remember what she says. And Roma finally starts flirting with her. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yes. And like, they're like, she's straddling him or whatever. And I remember this because he starts like feeling her up on her her legs. And I was like, oh yes, this is where we're going. Now 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 we're getting the content. Now we're getting the content. I also very much um, am a slut for... um, reluctant allies to lovers yeah and they served that trope very well for sure so I was just like this is great this is great for me I'm having a great Mm -hmm. time yeah I especially love the reluctant allies when there's like history because then there's like the moments of like them like oh I I totally understand what you're going to do in this heated moment right now because I know you so well um so they're able to like pull on that shared history I, I really like those moments too yeah, that was really well done. They had like a couple of tropes going for them and they, mm-hmm. they handled them all so well. Yeah, we had enemies lovers, mm-hmm. second chance romance, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually technically allies. friends to en- they're friends to enemies to lovers. Friends to enemies mm-hmm. to lovers. Um, That's a good trope. It, it is. is a good trope. It is. It is. Yeah. 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 I honestly, I am not a fan of the jealousy trope. But I kind of appreciated the tiny little bit of jealousy trope we got with Paul, who we have not talked about, but Paul. Oh, Paul. What a white boy. Um, You know, the white man bringing in his whatever nonsense, literally bringing in the disease on blankets and then providing vaccines for people. Like, this is literally, you know what it sounds american sounds about right also can we take a moment to talk about how this book came out in 2020 and it was mm-hmm. had so much to do with vaccines yeah I it was yes. wild mm-hmm. it was definitely like an accident like there's no way oh yeah she you. wrote it in like 2020 <laughs> like 18 19 yeah something like that. Mm-hmm. maybe even earlier there was one more thing i went oh and i i do like how she incorporated like history into it too because she could have mm-hmm. easily set this in like a fantasy world um, but it's cool that she incorporated like actual history and like the author's note at the end, she talked about kind of like distinguishing what was factual versus fictional mm-hmm. and what she kind of changed and stuff. Um, yeah, I think one I, of the reasons why I loved Juliet so much was her talking so much about colonialism and the idea of like these French and the British mm-hmm. coming in 
um, and conquering China and how it's like, this is, this is her Shanghai and all that stuff. Like I really, really loved all that stuff. Yeah. It was really neat. Like I only had like a, a faint idea of what was going on during that time period. So it was really cool to learn more about that and like see it incorporated into the, into the story and everything. Um, any other thoughts? Also, do we have any emails? I don't think so. I'll uh, double check. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else, but yeah, no, I just really loved the characters and the romance. And I just wish, like, I think my favorite moments were things like Marshall and, and Kathleen meeting up. Like that was a really yeah, fun scene. That was fun. That was, that fun. was fun. Yeah. Juliet was- and Marshall or Juliet and Benedict. Like those are all like fun. Like when they all got to like mix around. I wish Roma got to meet Kathleen and like, I thought that that could have been really interesting. Um, I'm sure maybe that will have the next one. I guess they did meet technically at the end of this one. Yeah. Um, I love that bit where like there's five people on the roof or whatever. I like that. I'm always a sucker for the squad. So that was cool. One other thing that was on my, what I really liked was how everything came together at the end. Um, I do always love a good, like all the mystery pieces falling together. So I really loved how in the end, like, Juliet murdered the wrong man and the guy we've been seeing this entire time was really the monster and how like Paul was the one who started it at all not even his father like it was him and I was mm-hmm. like yeah because it's the teenagers being dumb like this sounds about right um I don't know I just really loved that scene of like all the pieces coming together things happening um and then I one of my favorite parts is actually something that Grace screenshotted us is um when um Roma gets attacked by the monster and Juliet is vaccinated, so she's fine, but Roma is not. So, and then there's just like a one chapter, one line of like Roma like moves towards his neck or whatever. And I was like, no, like I know he's not gonna die yet because there's still a whole other book, but I'm like, no. So I'm like, what is going to happen? So yes, I thought that was really good. I really like I really liked that part of the ending. Um, more so than the like whole gang, which is interesting because I like the gang stuff more than I like the monster stuff. But I liked the monster ending more than I liked the gang like cliffhanger ending. But anyway, I liked both. But I I did appreciate that it was Paul because mm-hmm. I, I never would have known, never never would have figured that out. Because I never cool. trust the white man who believes he's in love with you. Apparently, that's except, true. Except Rome was also a white man. I don't know who is he. American boy. No, no. I was just gonna say who is he based off of? Do we know? Like from Romeo and Juliet. Is he based off of anyone? I think he's based off of anyone in Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, he feels like a he feels like a Jane Austen kind of character, like Mr. Wickham or whatever. Wasn't there a character who was supposed to marry Juliet? I think there's a character who's like supposed to marry Juliet, um, based off his family, but I don't don't know who we. I can't remember much about him. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like the other thing is, is that you know, like Tybalt dies in Romeo and Juliet, just like Mercutio, but Tyler's still alive. Which is dumb. Tyler should die. We, we Tyler can die. So one more book left. Yeah, but then if Tyler dies, then Marcusio, then Marshall has to die, and we don't want. That. I don't. I don't think she would kill him twice. That's but true, you know what? True. I didn't think The Walking Dead would kill Glenn twice, and they did. So I take it back. I don't want to say anything because it might be a spoiler. Well, at least for I'm- The Walking Dead. <laughs> Sorry. Not for The Walking Dead. No, I. I so, so this is the thing. I'm like ninety percent sure I know a major spoiler about the sequel but i'm also like is it really a spoiler (laughs) because it's a romeo and juliet retelling so i'm not gonna say anything but just know that when i do finally read the sequel i'll be going into it with like walls up 
no investment because I know everyone's going to die. Like yeah. this is a Romeo and Juliet retelling. Everyone's going to die. No one is going to be happy. And if anybody gets a happy ending, I will be shocked. I, my prediction is that Benedict and Marshall will get out of alive of the sequel, but that is the only people, and maybe probably Kathleen, Everyone else is fair game. I do not the know. The gays are fine. The gays are fine. <laughs> if you're straight, you die. Pretty much. Straight. Pretty much. Watch out. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I will say that I know she's making a spinoff. I don't know if y'all hmm. knew this. She's been tweeting yes. about it and talking about it on TikTok for a while. And it's based on, I guess, characters from the books are going to be the main characters. But I don't know if she said which characters. And if she has, I, I wouldn't know because I, I hadn't read the book until now. Oh, but. yeah. She I did forgot. say which characters, but I don't remember because I hadn't read the book. I forgot. We didn't even mention Roma has a sister in this, in this, which I don't know if that's true in the original. Yeah. Um, we didn't get too much of her. We did get her a little bit more in the beginning until, you know, she gets, you know, infected. Um, she was fine. Like, we didn't really get too much of her. I wonder if she's more in the sequel. Um, but yeah, she was a cool character, I think, too. She was cute. Felt very, like... Mr. Darcy has a sister vibes. Yeah. Like you know. need to give Roma like something to be motivated by to yeah, yeah. And give to him figure it out. Show that yeah. he's not a jerk. He, he has feelings. Right. Right. Because apparently we can't characterize men, especially straight white men, unless they are this way. But you know what? That's fine. It's sometimes, fine. Honestly, sometimes it's okay for the straight white man to just be like the boring, bland character that you just happen to love anyway. And you know what? That's fine. That's true. Yeah. Because I do love Roma. Yeah, I liked I him too. by the end. It just took yeah. me a while to get there. Right. There's so many other in- more interesting characters mm-hmm. that I feel like more right. fleshed out and like have different layers to them. And you're like, Roma's there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, any last thoughts? My last thought is I enjoyed it. I have the second book on hold. But I'm wondering if I should cave and buy it because I feel like it's going to take a really long time for me to get that book. I am looking forward to reading the second book. I'll probably do so soon. Maybe once winter break hits, I got one more week before break. So maybe during winter break, I will just like sit down and read it. Um, Because I do want to read it sooner rather than later because I don't want to forget stuff from the first book. Um, And I'm just curious, honestly, to know how it ends. so yeah, that's where I'm at with that. But I did really like the first one. Again, I wanted more romance. I did notice that I did see some reviews that said the second book has a little bit more romance and less plot. So I'm like, that makes sense that's for me. That's for me. So we'll see how that goes. I kind of wonder how the plot will go in the second one too, because yes. like things kind of get resolved in the first one, but also not really. Then they also so. explode at the end. So I am yeah. super curious. I'm probably going to- I did really like that cliffhanger though, by the yeah. way. Of like, mm-hmm. It was a good if I die, If I mm-hmm. die, expo- like release all of them. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, and it was a good cliffhanger in that like the, there was a cliffhanger for the plot, for all of the relationships, for mm-hmm. many of the characters. Like it was yeah. a, like it was a good cliffhanger. I am shook. And the more I think about it, the sooner I want to read the next one. But I'll probably wait till January because we are like halfway through December now. And um, I still have to read more books. I don't know how many more books I have to read for my challenge, but I'm going to pick short ones from here on out. <laughs> I can't I can't take on this one the rest of the year, but it'll probably be like my first read of the new year. Poison for breakfast. Oh, you got <laughs> there you me go. there. You got me there. Maybe I'll read that one. Um, 
but yeah, I have to, I have to do some Christmas shopping at my bookstore. So I'll probably go to my little bookstore, get this one. Um, I heard that they had signed copies at Barnes and Noble for Black Friday. So maybe I'll hmm. look there too. Maybe I could snag a signed copy, but I can also still dream that I'll one day run into Chloe Gong in Philly. And you need to just, anytime you go to Philly, I don't know if you own this book. You should. You should start mm-hmm. owning it. And then anytime you go to Philly, just carry it with carry like, it in with your me. bag just <laughs> in case. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Um, this was fun. Please send us in your thoughts on these violent delights. If you send us spoilers on our violent ends, we will block you. Um, you can't block people on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but we will sure try so you never listen to us again. <laughs> Um, so do not send us spoilers if you read the second one because none of us have yet but please send us your thoughts on the first one we would love to hear them um and uh we will let you know when we have our next group read on the docket it'll probably be in like january or february so stay tuned for that and i think we have one more episode coming out before the end of the year so do we yeah we have our um wrap up yeah we're gonna talk about do we meet our goals or not we meet our goals. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. Watch me get roasted because I definitely did not meet most of mine. Um, so yeah, that'll be out soon. But um, you can always send us your thoughts on anything we discuss at our Instagram, which is at Pod. You can also send us your thoughts to our Twitter, which is at the bookos. You can send us an email at bookhostpod at gmail.com. You should definitely leave a rating and write a, write a review and then share the podcast with all of your friends. Also, we tweeted about this, but we have merch now. Not a lot, but we oh, have yeah. some. If oh, you yes. want, um, I'm pretty sure we have some stickers. We have some tote bags. I think we might have a mug or two. Yeah, and I think we retweeted recently a picture of someone bought the tote bag. Yeah. It's so yeah. cute. It's so cute. Um, I think now that this group read is out, I will that's the group read is our pinned tweet on Twitter. So I think I may make our merch our pinned tweet. Um so you can easily find it. It's on our Twitter, which is at the book hose. Order us, order, order some merch. Let everyone know that you are a book hoe. Yes. And tweet us yes. a picture. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.